You're not the one that speaks your thoughts. You're the one that hears them. Hello. So what are you thinking? You're listening to the Healthy Mind, Healthy Self Show. I'm your host, Martha Alvarez, psychotherapist and life coach. And this is a place for you to explore your thoughts, emotions and behaviors so that you can make more mindful choices, achieve those things that you so desire. So tune in and enjoy. Hey there, I got a question for you today. Do you believe that you are the source of your thoughts, the creator of your thoughts? Are your thoughts facts? That's what I'm going to be talking about today. The fact that your thoughts may not be facts. How about that? It's kind of crazy to think about, but our thoughts develop a life of their own. Even though thoughts are only in your mind, they can be very, very powerful and they affect how you feel, how you show up in your world. And they basically dictate the way that you perceive your world and how you explain reality. And that certainly influences your behavior. So it's my belief that thoughts can serve you and thoughts can harm you. And that thoughts can definitely be random. They can just pop into your head. So I think we have to be a little bit discerning on what we pay attention to when it comes to thinking. And, you know, one of the ways to do that is to just simply create more awareness on your thoughts. When they pop up, how does it make you feel? Is it serving you? And if not, let it go and just say, hey, that's a thought. That's not necessarily a fact. It's not reality. So today I thought I'd talk about thinking traps, negative patterns of thoughts that actually can increase our stress response and cause both mental and physical damage. So I wanted to start with some of the more common ones. I'll start with the thought that has to do with unrealistic expectations. And when we talk about expectations, you should note that your expectation going into any situation is always going to determine how you feel after the event has taken place. More so, it's not only your expectation, it's the interpretation of the expectation. That's a mouthful. What am I talking about? Common one. For those of you that are more on the perfectionistic side, holding very high expectations for yourself and others. If something doesn't meet your expectations, you may either push yourself harder to attain it, or maybe even let go of it altogether and get really far away from it. And, you know, sometimes when you make things, when you try to make things work that actually perhaps shouldn't be working, that could be very detrimental. It can um, show up and manifest physically as an illness. And sometimes people don't pay attention to that and they just keep 
going at it. And they're like, no, it has to be a certain way. And, um, you know, they take on too much. And we know that we're not supposed to be able to do it all. And that in itself creates a lot of uncomfortable feelings in many people, because maybe you were, um, you know, in a situation growing up where your parents were very critical and they expected a lot out of you and somehow you believed that you should be able to, you know, achieve all this regardless of what the circumstance is. And you may not allow yourself that space where you can rest or where you can fail. And, you know, that's that's sad because when you live through uh, life with that lens of criticism and, and judgment, not only are you not being true to yourself, but you're also alienating people away from you. Often this is fueled by a lot of worry and fear and frustration and guilt and all these other feelings that have to do with performance. So one good way to start unraveling that one is to ask yourself, what are my expectations about this circumstance and why is that important? And what model, what mental model am I clinging on to that is dictating the way I'm showing up in reference to this interpretation of this expectation? Am I willing to let go of that if it's not serving me? Because that takes us to the second one where we think that a thought might equal a fact. And I'm here to tell you, thoughts do not equal facts. Thoughts are just thoughts. They just, sometimes we can actually sit down and think in a very logical manner, but these random thoughts that pop in that are actually not resonating and making you um, not feel great and causing, you know, less than desirable feelings in your, in your body, those are there in tandem with your emotions, probably you know, to protect you some way. Um, maybe sometimes it's weird, but our mind is always like scanning information just to keep us safe, to keep us prepared for danger. I think it's more the primitive part of our brain that shows up when that happens. But again, if, if you don't judge what's happening and you just, if it's useful, take it in and expand that. But if it's not, just notice it and let it go. I think that is a way easier uh, way to manage your thoughts. While there are some definite ways that you can manage your thoughts, it's a fallacy that you can control them. You can manage some of them, but you cannot control your thoughts. Because think about it, if if you were to control your thoughts, you would choose what thoughts to have at all times. And most people, I bet, would get rid of any thoughts that made them feel bad. Yet, as part of the human experience, we have good thoughts, bad thoughts, all sorts of thoughts. So that means that, you know, they pop in and we get to choose what to hold on to and what to let go. So note that the thoughts and the feelings, they're all intertwined and feelings are just experiences. They're experiences that are just happening. And when we talk about feelings and emotions, 
they are experienced in our body. That's why they tend to uh, grab our attention and sometimes are even harder to let go of because not only are they in our mind, but they're also in our body. So releasing them, gaining awareness and then releasing them makes that a little bit more of an advanced um, thing that you can work on. So next time that you're feeling something that may not be feeling right mentally or physically, perhaps you can try asking yourself, is this a real fact? Is there any evidence, objective evidence, any reality in what I am thinking, or could this be something else? And a good way to test this theory is to sometimes ask somebody else, because most people will be able to offer you an alternative thought that perhaps you were not able to come up with. So chances are that if something negative is happening in your thought process, it does not necessarily represent the truth, which leads me to the next one, which is all about jumping to conclusion. And that's when your mind is tricking you into thinking that you can figure out what's going to happen next or what's happening, and that way you can prepare for it. Often that looks like, you know, you're assuming the worst. You're assuming that um, things are going to turn out badly and that when they turn out badly, you know, you're making up all these mental scenarios that could occur sometimes to prepare yourself of what you're going to do when that occurs. And for some people that can be empowering and for other people that can definitely be very much paralyzing which can lead to feelings of anxiety and worry and fear and, um, you know, sadness, defeat, all sorts of things. And often, you know, when you're jumping to conclusions, you tend to make um, mountains out of molehills. You blow things out of proportion quickly and you overgeneralize and you see a lot of the negative. And this again shows up as patterns of defeat. So, Trying to reason emotionally with jumping to conclusions doesn't always work because they're your feelings. And sometimes your feelings get so caught up, tangled up with your thoughts that you can't make sense of any of the two. So what do you do instead? Before jumping to conclusions, practice mindfulness, pause, and ask yourself, do the facts support your conclusion? I mean, real facts, not what you think are facts. Facts, undisputed facts, are they there? And are they supporting your your, your jumping to these conclusions, assuming the worst? Often, I think that's not the case. So that's how you deal with that one. Next one is taking things personally. And I have to tell you in this one that when people do things, it's usually not about you. It's usually about themselves. This one tends to show up a lot in uh, relationships, for example, where people make things out to be about the other person. And it's, it's really not. It's something to do with themselves of, you know, why they're showing up in the way that they are because of something that they are personally feeling, yet they're blaming somebody else, which in turn makes the other person think that there's something 
wrong with them, that they did something wrong, and they start having this discourse in their head that they're broken, that they are flawed, that there's something wrong with me, and you know, this always happens to me, and why me? And it throws you into victim mentality. Regardless, none of it works. Now, I'm certainly not saying uh, not to assume any responsibility, but you do have to decipher between healthy responsibility uh, versus blame. When you take away the blame without taking away the responsibility piece, you can actually practice self-compassion. And when you do that, it can be very healing, not only for yourself, but for others, because that's something that tends to amplify self-love, compassion, instead of judgment. So one way that you can make the shift when you're taking things really personally, and um, I forgot to say that sometimes, often, that actually stems from your childhood, from critical voices that you consumed or you were exposed to in early childhood, often by parenting or from someone that was very influential in your life that, you know, was rough with you and made you feel like you had to step it up, like if it wasn't good enough and you're still maybe in an unconscious level, still dragging that with you. So what do I say to you? Well, I ask you, what would you say to a child? What would you say to a child that thought that everything bad happened to them, that they were at fault, that they were no good? What would you say to them? I I, I don't think many of you would say to them, oh yeah, it's your fault and you just got to toughen up and be better and um, you're no good. No, most people wouldn't say that. They would have a lot of love and compassion and encouragement and hope. And so why can't you do that with yourself? Again, it's um, turning over your heart to yourself and expressing a lot of love and self-compassion for you without taking um, this big chunk of blame and self-loathing, just a healthy dose of responsibility. So I think that the way that our thinking shows up in everyday life definitely has a lot to say of how we feel overall and how we show up in the world and what we can give. And I'm not here to say that there's anything right or wrong. All I'm saying is that if you notice some of these patterns, because everybody has them, we're all humans, part of the human experience, nobody's perfect, and some of these mind traps exist every day to each and every one of us. But all we have to do is choose to be more aware and let go of some of the things that are not serving us. So if something is not serving you, how do you know? Well, it doesn't make you feel well. It stops you from achieving your best self, from showing up. You start doubting, you start playing small. And often it has to do with your mind traps, your thinking patterns. So I encourage you to just, um, you know, start with getting more self-aware and just know that these thoughts kind of pop into your brain a lot of times. And the best thing you can do is just say, oh, there's a thought and just, um, you know, 
let it go. Just notice it, acknowledge it, and watch it just keep going out of your brain. Don't don't sit there and you know start dealing with it when you don't have to do anything with it. it thoughts are transitory. It's just going to go away regardless. It's not going to have to stay forever. So just focus on what you do want to feel, the positive way you want to show up, and how much you can actually learn to love and accept yourself. That's what I have for you today. Until next week, my friends, I hope you are thinking well and feeling well. Catch you soon. Bye. One more thing. Thanks for listening to my Perfectly Imperfect show. Keep in mind that I'm sharing thoughts and experiences and the information on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health or medical professional. If you have a moment to leave a rating or a review, that would be great. It's a way of sharing so that more people can find the show and start making some small shifts. 